what's next mm -hmm. for me? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. You're not sure? Yeah, I'm, I, I keep conjuring up ideas and thinking about things and <coughs> they keep changing. As I, like as I go into them, my mind will create like an idea uh -huh. and I'll, I'll get really attached to it and I'll find value in it, then it kind of fades. And then it'll go to something else and then kind of fades. Yeah, that's the nature. But it's kind of frustrating because I, I'd almost like to do something and, and then like, you know, try something out and then find while I'm doing it maybe the value in it or whether it's there is value or not. But I keep, I just, I go into my mind and then it just all happens in my mind and then no action is <laughs> taking place. But do you, ha you have to feed yourself or not? Mm -hmm. and, and how are you doing that? Well, I was, uh, I was working just actually not too long ago uh, at a pharmaceutical plant in Brockville, Trillium. I was working in the lab doing uh, microbiology testing on, um, on uh, Tylenols and Benadryls and that's what I was doing for two years. Not very long because I was in school, but uh, I was in between contracts and I chose to take the fork in the road. So you got a bit of an nest egg to hang out? Yeah, I've got a little bit. So uh, I had an apartment and I, I actually, I was my contract was ending in June 29th and I was going to be renewed. But there was a lot of factors involved. I chose to take a different path and I left my apartment and, well. and everything. and. Uh, I did yoga training in Quebec and oh yeah oh yeah so you're a free agent yeah I'm a free agent pretty much and uh, I'm just and is that so how do you get direction now that's what you're looking at yeah yeah and uh, I have like I said I have some ideas and well if you got the freedom you can explore can't you yeah. So, yeah. It doesn't happen often in life. You usually get nailed down by right. situations. <laughs> I have little uh, checkpoints that will like be my guide for a bit. So right. little, I have a little bit of structure. Okay. So not not completely lost. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. You're what what age? You're 26, you say? No. Uh, 27 recently. 27. Not too old. So I traveled from. 22 to 25. Oh, yeah. All over the place. Just seeking my fortune. <laughs> right. Very good. Very, really good experience. Yeah. As a, were you a monk at that time? No, no, no. I, was, I, I, uh, I dropped out of college and saved a thousand bucks. Yeah. And I just, I went to Europe and then North Africa and then across the Middle East, India. I lived in India a year and a half. And then I went back to Europe to work. And then I went to Thailand. Oh, okay. So those three years were kind of finding finding my own way uh, outside, of, outside of the uh, pressures of my own culture, mm -hmm. which, which I needed to do. I needed to get out of my culture. Not that I dislike my culture, but I needed to somehow get my own thinking processes going. The travel's good for me. Mm -hmm. what, you know, what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. I that kind of question. Yeah. And eventually led me to Thailand. Okay, so yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't fruitless. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it was never is. difficult in the sense of Yeah, finding yourself is difficult. It is, yeah. But yeah, being in other cultures, I found really quite mm. good because then I just had to, I had to get my own independence within my own heart, yeah, and my own strength and my own way to negotiate the world without any cultural uh, support. And and like you said, trying to find yourself, it's when you're in a completely different culture it's it's even it's a different way because you're it, everything you're used to is not there yeah. you, what you think you are your culture is not there so you're like who wait where am I who am I right yeah. Yeah. I must admit thank you oh thank you
I was, I was, I was, remind, I was influenced by Westerners a lot. Because as I, as I traveled, I would meet other travelers, and then I, I'd meet someone, oh, I never met anyone like that. And then engage in ideas, and the person would say, well, try this. And then the people I kept meeting said, go to India. I just kept, the people I liked, and where I found interesting with their ideas. Go to India, go to India, so I ended up in India. So, yeah, kind of just meeting people that aren't in your your social milieu, yeah. who are thinking in different ways, but are culturally still have the same background. So that was, that was very fruitful. Yeah. yeah. I often do a meditation where I go <coughs> through that trip of three years and express gratitude to. Like there's a guy in Spain I met up in the hills of Spain. I only met him for a day. I think he ran a farm or something. You just you stumbled upon it? Yeah, I can't remember how, but he said, go to India. And I was impressed with him. I said, all right. And I, and I expressed gratitude. I didn't know who it was anymore. It's this, this vague memory. And that sort of bring that up. Do you remember what he looks like? Not at all. <laughs> You're glad of me, Satan. Who knows, yeah. Yeah, it was just simple. And then books too. Yeah. You know, you hit a book and a, a book really influences your, your way of perceiving the world. So I often express gratitude. I like to do gratitude practices. Yeah. And just go through my teachers and reading books and teachers. It's quite a Refreshing practice. Yeah. Yeah. Keep looking. Great. <laughs> I have. I don't know. I don't even explain it. It's just. I think yeah. You you want to find a location in which you can both understand yourself and express yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you can get all of that, and vocation is in the Christian sense, I think God-given, mm. so it's something that isn't just a job. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is some kind of contribution to culture, society. Right. And then within that, to have enough space that there's room for self-reflection yeah. and self-expression. You can get that. You're doing good. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm trying to do. Or, yeah, eventually hoping to fall into place, take the right necessary skillful steps. Yeah, and, and, and you don't have to rush it until you're out of money. <laughs> yeah. And then, rubber hits the road. <laughs> I'll try to make not make any bad deals in the way. Live frugally. Yeah. I stretched out. I stretched out a thousand dollars in two and a half years, <laughs> and I worked the last six months. That's very thin. I do that. Yeah, live frugally. Mm -hmm. If you live frugally, then you live at the level of the kind of people in the area. Yeah. The uh, the gratitude practice is something I do too, and something. I need to remember to do more because I always like tend to find the right people at the right time. Yeah. Like most of us do, right? We find the right people at the right time and they really help us. We're all connected like that. Yeah, these little signposts, right? Mm -hmm. Suggestions. Yeah. So how's Nisaka doing? Pretty okay, yeah. Pretty good, good enough. Well, I suppose I had to say it's the way it is. Yeah, to stay in the present moment with the way it is is uh, very difficult.
And Hemanta, your sickness is all gone now? Five years has it been? How many years? How many years has it been? No, seven years. Seven years. There you go. Every, every time I see your full head of hair, I'm happy. Because <laughs> that was pretty rough. You can still remember the gift you gave her? Okay, what was it? Ah. The weaving. Did I weave that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. right. Oh, lovely. It's hung on my side. Was that seven years ago? That was the card weaving I did, right? It's um, it's um, cloth, and there's little tassel on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was card. I've done that for a while. Huh? Mr. Pan, you're okay? <laughs> you look pretty happy. I think so. <laughs> you're uh, so you 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 you'd like you would have free time to do the winter retreat, huh? I I work and sleep enough. <laughs> <laughs> and you live frugally. Yes, and. Um, it's tempting sometimes because it's like the client contact me that they come to the city. It's tempting that I want to make more money, but I right. think I'm going to step back. As long as you, yeah, I mean, be careful. Money has two sits. <laughs> Remember, trust in Allah and tie your camel. <laughs> when I need, I think I can go back. Yeah, but if you have the health and possibility to do a long retreat, it's very fruitful. Very good to do. I'll be away for the first three weeks. It doesn't matter. Open <laughs> Go for it. I'll be teaching in Thailand till the about the twelfth, and then I'll stay for the Ajahn Chah ceremony. So then I'll be back on the twentieth, and then <laughs> and then uh, Ajahn Pasano has invited me to go to Hawaii. Ooh. In February, with his ninety-year-old mom. Guess what? I said yes. <laughs> We're good friends, right? Yes. And he wants. He was so yes, grateful for the. Yes, No, no, no. We're just going to rent a rent a place. But his mother doesn't want to go to monasteries. She wants to be on the beach. Yes. yes. Yeah, so it's, it's just a vacation for her. Take me along. Any any questions we could ponder or Even do you have that problem when you ask your students, are there any questions, and everyone goes silent? Um, I try to ask them questions that they won't shut up on. <laughs> <laughs> I try to ask questions that will stimulate them. Yeah. Right, right. I'm not good at that. <laughs> I said, are there any questions? There was quiet. I, I, Instead of asking if there's a question, I think I'll throw a, a thought out there that someone will definitely want to comment and then they will say something that's a little bit farther off the edge and then other people will kind of come and give their opinion and then all of a sudden it's like, it's, it's dynamic. Yeah, you're a good teacher. 
<clears throat> yeah, I don't ask if there is a question. It's <laughs> 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 the worst thing you could do as a teacher. <laughs> there was something you forgot to ask me. <laughs> oh, I see. Years of training. How long have you been a teacher? Um, officially, 32 years. And unofficially? All your life. Uh, thank you, yeah. Uh -huh. You have that gift? Yeah, I do. I, yeah. Uh, it took me a while to acknowledge that gift. Uh-huh. That's a vocation. That's what we mean by vocation. There's some, something in one's nature which can serve and help. The more I veered away from that, um, the closer I was guided in another direction. So I avoided the idea of teaching um, because my father was a teacher. Uh -huh. So for some reason I avoided that. And so when I was in college, well, it, it all started in Boy Scouts where I moved up the ranks and became, you know, like the system patrol leader, patrol leader, then the whole hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And that means that you are doing instruction. Yeah, at a young age. Yeah, and and guidance and then leadership goes with that. Um, and so that continued on through the Eagle Scout program. And then I went on to college to study and um, I took internships. And one of them was at a nature center where I started to find uh, my voice. In, in, in exploring nature or in expressing? Uh, being asked to take people on trips uh -huh. through the woods. Uh -huh. Because I had all the knowledge of the woods, but I hadn't taught anybody. Right. And just out of desperation, the director of the nature center said, hey, you need to take this group and take them on a hike. Uh -huh. And so that was... That was the start. Yeah. Uh, nice one. My teacher asked me to teach. I said, no way. You can't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, you just get thrown right in. Yeah, there. yeah. I don't want to do this. Mm. <laughs> Public speaking and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I can speak in front of um, my students quite easily, but when it comes to speaking in front of my professional peers, that's that's challenging. That's always the most challenging for all of us, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You get all your mates there and say, what am I going to say? They know everything already. <laughs> yeah, when, I, when I'm in front of a microphone and there's hundreds of eyes on me, that's, that's challenging for yeah, me. Yeah. But in a smaller group setting, then it's um, informal and uh, I think the scale is... Uh, Maybe, you know, I keep thinking that's my next step is to go farther outward. Um, In terms of? Uh, sharing ideas on a larger community scale. Oh. Well, that's different. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't engage one-on-one. -on -one and yeah, <clears throat> I'm not sure if I'm going to go that way. That was it's a more lecture mode. It's more like a lecturing mode, isn't it? It could be. I'm not sure what that would be, mean. The current political environment I'm not interested in participating in. Mm. <laughs> Understandable. So, I'm not quite sure what, I, what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Well, you're doing good work, so you must be a lot of openness. I teach a lot of retreats, and the interactive part comes in interviews. But it isn't a kind of sermon format. So there's a kind of lecture comes serving maybe 20 minutes, like a homily. But then people have to do it, do the practice, and then afterwards you talk to them. So what, how did it affect you? How is it working? So there is both a kind of monologue, like, like this retreat now will have, how many on the Iron Prayer Retreat? You know how many? 30. How many? 35. 35 people, yeah, who all know me and I know them. So, yeah. So I'll give a 
neglect here, and then they'll either pick it up or not, and then I find out from them, get feedback. That's a bit of both. But some, like Ajahn Sumedho, he just gave a talk in a few months ago in Indonesia, 3,000 people. We were in Sri Lanka, it was 1,000 people. Then it's a kind of whole different ballgame because it's usually televised, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a public, yeah, public speaking. So that place can accommodate thousand people? They had about 400 indoors, and they said they had 600 outdoors. I don't know where they put them. It's a postage stamp place, but that's what they said. So our teacher, Ajahn Sumedha, is very well known in Buddhist circles, and he doesn't teach that much. So if there's a public occasion. So Indonesia is, uh, I think the, the Buddhists are suppressed, basically, by the Muslims. It's kind of, not quite apartheid, culture, but Buddhists have to be careful. Um, so when he was invited to give a talk in Indonesia, they just let the word out to all the islands. People came from all kinds of cities and, and to hear him speak. So for them also it would be a kind of mm, gathering together of faith and, and, and camaraderie and like-mindedness. In, in Malaysia and, and Indonesia, to, to be a non-Muslim is not easy. Like in, Muslim, in, in Malaysia, where I go a lot, it's treated quite like second class. And, um, but they're, they're mostly Chinese and they're Buddhist background. So they, I was told actually that they need to have Sunday schools, Buddhist Sunday schools, in order for the kids to have an identity, because everyone has a religious identity there. You're in, you're in born again movement is very strong, and Islam is very strong, so they, they have a lot of Buddhist centers with Buddhist Sunday schools. Or is there a Buddhist born again? Is that what you mean? Or um, no, it's not born again, but it is an identity, right? So it's, it's like giving the kids some kind of, because identity in Malaysia or Indonesia is, to a great extent, religious. Whereas in, in Toronto, it was never. It was more like which hockey team you liked. You know? <laughs> That's your <affiliation>. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you like hockey or, or lacrosse or something like that. But in Indonesia and Malaysia, your, 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 almost your racial identity, cultural identity, is very much linked with, with your religion. So the kids need to be, need to have structures, so Sunday schools and so on, to give them a sense of who they are in that social unit. Mm -hmm. And then how well, how well they use that kind of depends on how reflective the teachers are. So some of the teachers are reflective and some just kind of say this is what a Buddhist believes. So it depends on the teacher. But I visited some very good groups in, in KL, in Kuala Lumpur, who were really dynamic and um, really put a lot of time into their kids' education. In, in Buddhism, uh, in up until maybe modern education of a hundred years ago, in Thailand, maybe Sri Lanka too, I'm not sure, but the education system was through the monasteries. So the monks were the teachers, both primary school, secondary, you know, and, and they were the most educated. They always knew the most about medicine in the village cultures. Um, and, and so the, the, the village became, the, the monastery became the kind of center of the village in, in all manner of ways. And some of that was good and some of that was not so good. But the uh, Thai, Thai government then wanted to kind of homogenize Buddhism and, and create a curricula in the monasteries which was from, from Bangkok. And they kind of centralized Buddhism and they took the education out of the schools, which was good and bad, okay, good, good effects. But it, what it took out was the kind of the, uh, the moral part. Not the, the moral part's always there in Thailand, but it, it took it out of that context of, of, of Buddhist morality, although the, the morality is in the culture. So the whole education system changed, changed a lot. And now, as, as monks 
I would never consider having kids in the monastery uh, or being an educator in that way because that's not really why I signed up. So Buddhist monasticism in Thailand has changed a lot in the last hundred years. And our tradition is a tradition which was kind of revived from well, it was it was it's always existed. The monks who live in the forests, away from the villages, and whose duty is to get enlightened. <laughs> That's the job, <laughs> and people feed us to do that. Uh, and then the monastery, the forest monasteries, are, are related to the village, but not in the village. And the town monasteries are in the village. That's, that's the difference. So the influence of the forest monasteries was um, not so great because there weren't many forest monks. And then in the 50s, you started to get, you started to get publications and, and a more, uh, more access to different parts of Thailand. There were no roads, couldn't get through the forests. And where we come from in Northeast Thailand, it's 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 very it's kind of like the Bible Belt of Buddhism, <laughs> where the, the 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 villages are really into meditation and, and very dedicated, and they produced a lot of great meditation masters. So as as Thailand became more unified in transportation and governance, the monastic order did too, and great teachers started to come up who uh, who started to be heard about through publications and then eventually in the s one of the first audio recording was probably in the 70s in Thailand uh, and then their type of teaching began to spread all over Thailand and, uh, on, and, and the type of teaching which existed before that for most people tend to be very ritualized Teaching was there, but it tended to be very, you know, you monks get enlightened and we do this, we do, we do the food, <laughs> we make merit. There's kind of a, a division of that, and, and the ideas, the reflective ideas weren't so prevalent. And then in the 50s and 60s and 70s, you had a few monks, Lopa Buddhadasa, Lopa Chao, Lopa Mahabua, Lopa Man, great teachers who started to teach Buddhism in a very colloquial way and a very reflective way, contemplative way. So a lot of superstitions that were going around Buddhism and the beliefs were now being addressed by forest monks. And saying it's not about superstition, it's about understanding your mind. And, and so there's a re-flourishing of Buddhism now in Thailand, I would say, because of this tradition, the forest tradition. Still a lot of superstition. Thais are very animistic, very, very animistic uh, culture and, and so on. Um, but so we're, we're part of this huge change in Thailand, I think, that in the way the monks are perceived and what the monks do. So we don't do Sunday, Sunday, Sunday school. <coughs> but in the Sri Lankan monasteries, in the town monasteries, the monks are seen to be more e as educators, right, and social workers. Yes. And, and they, you know, that's part of it. Depends on which kind there's there's four types as well. But not many. Not many that because even you know, even <coughs> the Mahamewana they teach school too. They teach, they? Yes. So they they have a they have a they're trained in in, in pedagogy for kids and, and they're actually trained teachers. We're not trained teachers, we just bumble along. We have <laughs> We're sometimes known as the wandering tradition because we wander in forests, right? We go from place to place and we wander. But also we're known as the wandering tradition because our Dhamma talks just wander around. <laughs> never, have a, never have a coherent theme. Because <laughs> the, the, our, 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 our brief is not so much to be educators is to educate ourselves and hopefully from that those personal insights that there can be uh, education for others that's what Jai Saro calls it we sometimes ask is it Buddhism a philosophy or a religion and Jai Saro he likes to answer he says it's an education <laughs> it's a nice answer it's true education of the heart right good answer <laughs> 
ถูกไหมสาธุค่ะดีเนาะถูกแล้ว so here we are sleepy old Perth So when our teacher Ajahn Chah is the teacher in the middle, so the teacher in the middle is Ajahn Chah, and he was the the for, sort of father of this lineage of of monasteries, and his senior Western disciple is Ajahn Sumedho, the monk on the left there, who's from Seattle, from Seattle, California. He's 84, and then. On Paul Liam, who is the abbot of Ajahn Chah's monastery, who is pushing 80, I think. So they're the kind of patriarchs. I don't mind the word patriarch myself, <laughs> but they are our fathers, as it were, in, in the Sangha. And uh, so, because Ajahn Chah was, he was a very charismatic teacher, and uh, we think very attained in his own meditation. And very gifted in understanding his understanding people, and understanding his own culture. So he knew how to teach peasants or royalty. Royalty would come to him, or government servants or Westerners. He just had this gift of plugging into people, and he created monasteries, which were really good places of training for men. And so his system of Monasteries became uh, very successful because it emphasized. I think it emphasized community as much as individuality. And so now in Thailand, you have maybe oh 300 monasteries of his branch monasteries of his type. It's kind of a what do you call that? A uh, what do you call it? Tim Hortons. It's a chain. <laughs> Franchise. What do you call it? Franchise. Franchise. That's a word. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're part of the Ajahn Chah franchise. <laughs> <laughs> when he established his first run. Uh huh. The monastery or the first branch monastery? First one. Wapakong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, when reading the book, he basically, you know, did a lot of self investigation. All the time. From, from the book, uh, it, uh, <coughs> still, still is flowing. Oh yeah, still is flowing. Yeah. Um, he waited quite a long time to test himself out in various situations. Yeah. Before he decided to start teaching, right? That's is that unique? Was it about five years of wandering? Was it more than five? Maybe five. Yeah. But he's. Still under very difficult, very challenging circumstances. He yeah. went on his own, and you know when I read it, of course I come from a little bit of a, you know Sri Lanka tradition. So he he was basically trying to get all his. Well, that's what I felt. Maybe I'm wrong, but that his so-called karma, bad or unskillful karma, out before he started this. I, I didn't read it that way. I thought more he's just um, cultivating insight. I did. I didn't read it that way. I just I, I read it more. He's just trying to understand more deeply, you know, the nature of his particular attachments and the transcendent, rather than wearing out karma. Is that what you were kind of saying? <coughs> Maybe, you know, some of the things he waited and stayed outside in the jungle. He challenged himself. Yeah, he yeah. challenged himself. But is that wearing a con Well, okay, I don't know how you, you, you might use that language, but if I'm afraid of something, I have to, you know, I want to face my fears, what do I do? I go outside and I face the fears, but rather than karma being some fatalistic thing? Not a fatalistic thing. Oh, okay, so, okay, I don't know how you, yeah. yeah. So he was... He was challenging himself in order to understand more deeply his attachments, is the way I think of it. Which you could say is, yeah. 
We all do that, don't we? Not to the extent he did, I think. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was he went in the jungle and when animals came, he, he had this extreme thing to stay there and say that if you have done anything wrong, you know, you can take. Yeah. Actually, that's, yeah. you know. But you stayed in your marriage. <laughs> yes. Uh, and isn't that, I mean, isn't that equally, and you've raised your kids. Isn't that equally difficult and noble? I think it is. And maybe you don't because you think it's ordinary, but really, maybe sitting in the jungle facing tigers is easier. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's how good that is. It is challenging, yes, certainly. Oh, yeah, and you stuck with it. You got your kids through, they're good kids. You fed me and my mom. So there's a big thing, but they're not. They're not. They're not. Uh, you can't write a book about it because everyone seems to do it. But everyone doesn't do it as well as you. You did it very well. Yeah. I couldn't have done it. <laughs> that was help from her too. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're a big part of it. Yeah. So you know, the, yeah, these stories of you know facing lions sound all very romantic, but you know, facing having to go to work every day. And make sure the mortgage rates paid, and, and these are these are, these are yeah. strong army, aren't they? The kind never of thought about it that way, but yes, yes. Day in and day out. Yeah, well, you know, if you have the so that's something that I'm missing now. Uh -huh. Actually, that is one of the difficulties I'm having sometimes. <coughs> you got nothing to do. You know. Kind of. <laughs> I <laughs> go go look for a tiger. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Oops, this is recorded. I'm sorry. Can already list No, but I, you know, as, as a monk, uh, I see, you know, family folk and, you know, you know like you have a really good meditation practice within all the complexities of family life. I mean, that's, that's admirable, isn't it? How many people have that? <coughs> and you support us, you're very generous, and you make a great curry. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but that was that was that's the monk's vocation, the forest monk, right? To to, to take challenges in that way. Otherwise, the life's too easy. Because we don't have to. I don't have to worry about going to work. I show up and they feed me. <laughs> <laughs> so we have other challenges. You know, we have to we have to come forward in ways which are different. And you know, it's hard to find your average tiger now. I mean, I could send William off to chase. There's a big bear down the concession <laughs> line, but I need him. <laughs> and no, he, 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 could sit, he, he could roll in the ticks. There you go. <laughs> that's the most dangerous thing. You're taking a big challenge, I know, in training people. And that's <laughs> yeah, that's a challenge I've had. Yeah. That's a big challenge. Because yes. I'm quite, you know, I could be, I'd love to be alone. It's me in the workshop. You know, like this. Mm -hmm. I, know, I could putter around the rest of my life. So yeah, each of us has it in their own way. And I think to honor that rather than Sorry. to honor that rather than to think this other lifestyle. I mean, Ajahn Chah was exceptionally, uh, you, you get a person like that every hundred years. I mean, he's just exceptionally strong. Right? And Lopo Liam too, amazing, amazing strength. But Lopo Chah would say to us, he said, yeah, you want to, you want to be with like Lone Pauline and sit all night. No, you see, you want to be like the Buddha and sit all night. We can barely stay awake. <laughs> he said, you have to build up. Right? You, you know, you, you're not the Buddha. You know, Stephen, we have this story where the, and the Buddha says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just sit all night, right? And if, if I don't get in line, my body will wither. Right, and I'll just. That's, I'll that's, just, that's, what, right? yeah. that's what you just said, right? right. Exactly. So we try. You know, I'm going to do that. You know, we have seizures, our knees get wrecked, we go to the hospital, <laughs> we get it. Not everyone. <laughs> Most of us. <laughs> we tried all that. It was just so, it was so willful. You know, this, this willful Westerners trying to do something where they didn't have the foundation for it. Clarity. And then he would say, he said, you know, you're not the Buddha. Give it time. Get steady, steady, steady on. All of us, you know, Ajahn Pasano, myself, Ajahn Sumedha, all, all the monks there, we were fierce, but, but we weren't wise. We didn't have the wisdom 
to balance the fierceness, right? So our 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 trying is always based on becoming rather than being. That is the human nature, right? In general, yeah. And that's why that's why Lopa Chan, Lopa Liam are so impressive because they could do the the intensity, but not with any sense of becoming, just with being. And that's what's hard. That combination is very, very hard. Yeah, your tradition has that. I, I, I see that. And yeah. It's very beneficial, and I've used it in my meditation too. Mm-hmm. When there are aha moments, or when there's very good moments, not not attaching to that, and, you know, going back to other places, like the, the other life I have, and uh, and genius intelligence is more difficult. Right? It's, it's you were very good. You, you always adapted, didn't you? Rather I tried my best. Yeah. There was failures, of course. <laughs> but that that ability to go from the serenity of the monastery to the activity of whatever work you're doing and, and keep using it as practice that's that's skillful. But we can get you a tiger. I know some of this. Will porcupine do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have. I don't fear animals. I have not been challenged by an animal. And I'm not going looking for them either. But uh, I've come across bears and I never feel threatened, I have never felt threatened. So that really wasn't where you had work stuff through, yeah. Like, like when, when I heard about ghosts in Thailand, right, maybe I told you the story, but all the Thais are afraid of ghosts, right? So Wat Nanachat had, uh, had a ghost, because it was a charnel ground. We didn't have a Thai monk stay there for two years. Overnight, they're all afraid of the ghost. So we, as Westerns, where is it? We're looking for it. Right? So my, I was at uh, what Banbure and the, the teacher's, uh, the abbot's father had died. And they put his body in a casket overnight. They were going to burn it the next day uh, on, a, on a kind of raised platform so that animals could get. I forget how it worked, but okay. I, I was like, my, it was my first year as a monk. Okay, I want to face the. the the ghosts. So I go tromping out into the woods, and it's midnight, something I'm sitting, and I fell asleep. (laughs) 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 No ghosts. (laughs) I wasn't afraid at all. I never tried tried ghosts, so I don't know. But but ghosts wasn't my cultural way of fear. But people in public speaking, oh, I just had diarrhea. Maybe I should do that, actually. Where do you go? You can well, what if you go away? If I go and you go in a long street, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring my chisels. <laughs> but you know, fear can be very cultural. Yeah, yeah I, you know, it just came to me. At the end prize, there is a, there is a, what is this? A, um, Great, cemetery there. Cemetery, yeah. You fall asleep. <laughs> I can't Very find that. Yes. But you don't have that in your culture so much, do you? Ghosts? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Thailand, you know. Oh. We have, we have. <laughs> and they also say that, you may have heard this, that certain people see ghosts? That's what, you know, among the monks, yeah, we have monks who kind of see stuff. So I said, what did you see? I said, it was a light. Are you sure the lights were on? <laughs> but they do. They do see different things. So I can't comment. So certainly there are paranormal f- phenomena. Mm-hmm. Paranormal to me, maybe normal to them. But sir, I don't think they're lying. So yeah. I'm still. But but at, you know, going out in the forest and being with the corpse this didn't mean that I didn't have fear. It, it was just that the fear wasn't manifesting in there. So my challenge was yeah. tiger, tigers and ghosts, it was people. Mm-hmm. And that's where I had to learn about my fears in, in social situations. 
So people are difficult for me too. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, you can you you know that's not going to write such a great biography that Vera Dummel gave a public talk. It's <laughs> scared, you know, whiteless. <laughs> it doesn't you know it doesn't sell because we all feel that. So culturally, we feel fear. against Westerners, we feel fear. Not that I wouldn't feel afraid if I saw a tiger, but so facing stuff doesn't mean doesn't have to be so romantic and extreme. And you just think of the bar me, the, the virtuous qualities you built up by, you know, caring for your family, you know, educating your kids, going through their adolescence or whatever, you know, kind of stuff, and food on the table, feeding me and mom. Those are those are huge. You'd like to do that. Yeah, and, uh, and with joy. Yeah, it's lovely. It's really nice. The children liked it. Yeah. Everyone's always loves it. Yeah, <laughs> so these are, these are good qualities. It's a part of me, too. Part, yeah. yeah. It's the same. Goodness begets goodness. Yeah. And do we do have to stay with you yet? So no, that's no, we've got a monastery. Yes, he's all and now we've got cooties full of mice. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I yeah, we get a lot of mice. So the workshop's full. We just keep. Someone said a trap made five mice the other day, right? In the workshop. Uh, no, we, we've closed down two cooties one because of mole, one because of mice. Because of the mice? Yeah. Yes. So we people can't sleep there? Is that yeah. so bad? Yeah. Because they announce in the radio, right? Because it is so they cry. hot. They cry. The hot. The mice they come inside indoors. So they're coming now for the for the hot and the cold. For the dry weather. Two season mice. We should just get for the cold. Yeah, that's and the dry too. That's what uh, I think. Uh, that was Hemanta Shastri, and you know. Uh, so it's it's more it's extraordinary. It's not. This summer has this been summer, a bit yeah, uh, this yeah, different. So many mice. This is it. The start of this year. This well, we've always, you know, we've usually kept on top of it, but this year it seems to have overwhelmed us. We have mice in the uh, in the washrooms here, so we're gonna have to in your in your BV, yeah. So we're gonna have to open up. You know, That's we might, a new we might shower stall, the, the big double shower stall. Yeah. Oh no, no, in, in room C. So we're gonna have to. We're thinking either pull all that out. Or, yeah. or open up one side and see where they are. So. Just with that lip underneath on the outside, does it go all the way around? Yeah, I looked at that. Yeah. But it's supposed to be screened off, but they're getting in somehow. They must have got in there. Yeah. So as Ajahn Chah would say, one car, one problem, two cars, two problems. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the nature of that property. We very good mice traps. Mouse traps. Mice traps? Mouse traps? Mm. Which is it? It's mouse? both. It's, it's, you have like apartment catchers <laughs> that would be mice. Uh, mice <laughs> <laughs> the mouse there you go. So it's singular and plural. <laughs> <laughs> we caught five in one day. Rodents do well, don't they? Oh, you, you enjoyed the canoe? Yeah? Yeah, I always done. Did you try the kayak? I did too. That's yeah. a nice kayak. It's, yeah, I never, I can't remember doing a kayak with the, the pedal, the, the rudder on. So it's I tried that today. Sea kayak. Yeah. yeah. Richard I Smith, you know Richard? Yes. From Michigan. He told me that. Yes. I still remember I, in, in a, <coughs> that had Kusar the last, when we did in La Pange. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, I went in a kayak, and I went and went, and I couldn't remember how to get back. <laughs> and that was... That's scary. That's scary, because the rain was coming in. Oh. And uh, I panicked a little bit. Those kinds of things panicked, just panicked me. That, that's your tiger. That's your tiger. tiger. <laughs> 
So yeah, they want to vacuum some sandwiches and send them off. <laughs> <laughs> off you go. Yeah, there are things that, you know, I get to. Yeah, when you get lost, you get really I've never seen the tiger, so that's. If you get lost in the woods, you just got to really calm down yes. and think it through. Because you can just panic and go and see. Yeah. Because I don't recognize the, yeah, yeah. the place. Are you going to see? Do you do see a uh, Janko Sena like that? I am in November. Oh. Yeah, all of November. I got. Uh, he's got having a big series. He's, he's built up his stupa, and he's uh -huh. built some okay. kind of uh, murals. And he has a big reclining Buddha. That he got from the stupa is already. That is already there. Stupa was there. Um, it's a, but he he, he oh. got a seven-foot reclining marble Buddha from, from Thailand, and he has these murals about the life of, the history of, of the monastery. And it's in open. It's open, it's a beautiful site. He looks over the Stokes Valley. So he is a, he's having an unveiling of that. So go for that. But basically, he said, what do you want to do? I said, I won't just be on the beach. <laughs> so he's going to rent a cottage on the beach, or somewhere. Getting lazy in my old age. <laughs> you know, you've been, in, you've lived in New Zealand, so you, you know the beaches, right? It's so wild. Yeah, yeah. Very wild. Yeah. Out of the tourist places, I think there are at least. Yeah. There's a lot of tourism there. So. Oh, you can get away from that really soon. Yeah. So I'll be in New Zealand and then. Come back. Thailand a week, and then yeah. Penang, KL, Singapore, Thailand. That's okay. Get my air mile points. Yes. <laughs> 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 Probably if I could use the air mouse to go to Lee Valley, I would. Buy tools. Right down us, right? Not possible. Not possible. Like if I change, too. No, I have enough tools. That's where I can see greed coming up in tools. Ooh, I really need this tool. You're still developing woodworking tools, too? Oh, I've got a good set of tools. Yeah, but uh, like the computer systems, not, not so fast, I believe, right? No, <coughs> yeah, but yeah, I've just made a couple of benches. It's really. I, I saw one, everything. Really fun to Crawford do. was telling me about it. So yeah, he, uh, he's my designer. Designer. Yeah, he does design. He, he can use SketchUp. He does the design. And then we talk about it, and then I make it. So Steve, you're going to be hitting hitting the road, huh? Well, yeah, after, what's your plan? I'm going to hit the road a uh, little later this evening and see how far I can get to Toronto. So you want to drive in the dark, or yeah, I think the roads will be less hectic. Pretty good, yeah. And and are you going to take Highway Seven to Peterborough, or are you going down to Four Hundred One? My navigator, probably down to Four Hundred One. Okay. Okay. So we want to take the ten, I suppose, to Westport, but you don't see anything in the night. Well, you got to get down somewhere to 401, yeah. but you can't. You can go 401, uh, then we take the jog north to 407. 407's a good, yeah. Cost you twenty dollars, uh, so, but it's worth it. So you are going to 401 and 407. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how are you going to 401 from here? From Kingston. Yeah. Through Kingston? Yeah. Just ah, the Westport Road. Uh, Westport Road. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's the easiest. That's, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. That's a nice road to drive, but in the night, of course. Yeah.
Nice I am bike from uh, Kingston, Westport to Kingston and back. You bike? Long time ago. Wow. I was Canada last time. From where? With a group. Westport? Westport to Kingston. Oh, they do that group thing, don't they, every year from Ottawa? Yeah, I was, I was in the youth hostels when I initially came here. Oh. In the 79, 80. <coughs> so with that group. That's good, yeah. It's the same. It's a nice group, yeah. Yeah, and we stayed in the youth hostels in Kingston, uh, Kingston and saw the Kingston, Harvest. you know, the shooting out and, you know, the, the, the display that they do in the, in the, in the fort. Oh, yes, 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 yeah, the old fort there, right? Yeah. I've never seen that. And then oh. uh, bike back, yeah, to Kingston. You were intrepid. That was when I was much younger. Younger. Your knees were good. Yeah. And then 401, 407, and then stay on the other side of Toronto somewhere? I think that would be ideal to get away from the morning rush hour. Yes. If yeah. you keep going away from the rush hour exactly. towards yeah. London. Yeah. And um, you should be. You, you like driving at night time or? Too, until I get tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just don't want to do the whole trip tomorrow. <coughs> get started today, get some rest tonight, and then take off and get home tomorrow evening. And then you're back to school on Thursday? A Wednesday. 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 Uh, teachers report so it's kind of a hectic day when everybody in the district meets in one place all the teachers all the buildings from around the county all of us get together really what, what could you accomplish like that <laughs> how much time do you have <laughs> <laughs> nothing it's just mass chaos as far as I'm concerned I mean, as, a, as an educator I don't find that it, that form of a staff meeting to be effective, but mm -hmm. I go because I'm required. Yeah, right. So, and for me, being so autonomous now in the district, most of the things that they discuss are irrelevant for me. I see. Yeah. So uh, I will try to um, count your beads. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will uh, talk to my administrator find out what times I can just scoot out of these meetings that are not important and I can do my own work. Okay, great, yeah, yeah. You prepare for your classes. Yeah, 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 in my program, I, I have a whole different batch of students, so. And it's a new program you're, you're designing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a great challenge, yeah. Yeah, so I wanna get home uh, the night before, <coughs> and William helped me get physically prepared the house and the yard and the mm -hmm. kitchen. I just need a little time to get my meditation, my mind in the right place to, to begin. It's already there, okay. but it's just one more checkpoint before. The and when the students start Monday? Correct. Yeah. So this is the preparation time? Yeah, this is when I get coordinated with my administrators. My, they're my support group. I'm pretty much out of the buildings now. So I mainly report to the district administration, kind of like a building principal. Uh huh. Well, it's a nice challenge, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. really. Uh, it's how, quite rewarding. Um, how, how old are you now? How old am I? Yeah, I am fifty-eight years old. Wow, and to have a kind of new challenge is great. It is. Yeah. It's very invigorating. Yeah. I'm. Um, I'm glad I'm not in the same classroom for 30 years at yeah. high school. So I've been very fortunate to go from building to building, grade level, to subjects. I've taught all age groups, kindergarten through 12th grade, oh, yeah. which is the American system. And then I've also taught almost all subjects within that K-12 program. Whoa. So You're a polymath. Poly? Polyman. Poly. Isn't isn't that someone who is gifted in all areas of, of knowledge? I think they call it poly. I'll look it up. Uh, but, or uh, the right. term jack of all trades. Right. Yeah, jack of all trades. Yeah, a, a more a less. Uh, it's like a polygon. Let's posh name. <laughs> oh, polyman. I think that's what we call it. Many skills. Well, you had a good stay, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's very nice. And you know where William is? I know where he's 
add, and I know what he's describing now by actually yeah. being here. So that's right. a very good thing for me. It, it's you know, and you feel okay, and then you know you come back and all that. Yeah. And, and to be here to see how how we function exactly. Yeah. Um, We're pretty yeah. natural kind of outfit, mm -hmm. so pretty laid back. It's, it's 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 a nice kind of challenge of trying to set something which is which is relaxed, but each each person has their dedication to the to their own inner work, and well, you can't police that, right? So you have to somehow encourage people to have to be mature enough to get on with their own meditations and not just be distracted, but not make it so. I've been in monasteries where it's gonna be so tense. Everyone's trying to get enlightened. <laughs> um, you know, they everyone's like, oh, I'm not gonna look at you, I'm getting enlightened. This is kind of really very, very fierce. One of the years with Ajahn Sumedho, he, on the winter retreat, we have a long winter retreat, he thought, I'm gonna teach conviviality this retreat. Just be friendly to each other. Because everyone was like fiercely meditating and getting terribly uh, uptight, controlling. Yeah, not the idea at all. And then that's one extreme. The other extreme is just to goof off, <laughs> which also doesn't work. So somehow, but in that presentation you had last night, there was different descriptions on how to get, how to place yourself there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and you know, like someone who comes here, obviously. They're coming because they have a deep spiritual aspiration, and they'll come if they wanted to goof around. They wouldn't be here, basically. You know, so you we have beings who have quite a lot of maturity on that level. So that it's not really necessary to police people. So usually with Westerners, you have to get them to relax a bit. Stop being so bloody intense with you. <laughs> so the other way around. <laughs> So we need a grandfather figure right here. But then we don't have much time left. The idea that you were born is the problem. Yes. <laughs> and that you will be reborn. That's the problem. It's not that you don't have time, it's to think you are someone in time. <laughs> we can get into this later. <laughs> Time is in awareness. Time takes place in awareness. Awareness is timeless. So if you take refuge in awareness, then there's nowhere to go. But if you if you think you are Hemante in a body and you're gonna die, then then you think that awareness isn't in the body. Is is awareness in your body or is your body in awareness? Okay, there's no time. <laughs> Both are true. The body will die, that's time. But are you the body? I, I would say you are awareness itself. But, but still you have to work. and you have to, The work is to stay present. Like one person, oh, were you here last night? Yeah. Like one person, it's to be awake in mind. And that, you can't, you can't, you can't rush that. <laughs> you just be that, right? That whole thing of, of of being being defined by time, it's so it seems it seems true, but but if you take this other perception that this experience is in awareness and you and you start to use that perception, then your mind starts to see the space of timelessness. Whereas if you if you just function from I am Hemanta and I've got this many years to live, that's true. You know, you take care of the body and, and, and still cook rice for the monks. <laughs> but, but there's more than that. And that's, that's the Buddhist teaching of, of, of enlightenment. So true, there's time, little time left. So use your time well, definitely. Yeah. That's a, it's a very good uh, model to play around with. Is, is the body in awareness? Or is awareness in the body, and that it's not a it's not a belief. It's more like a perception. You start to change your uh, 
your interpretation of life. And then you still, it's like, it's like the, the, the flowers in the vase, right? So you constantly change the flowers, you change the water, put new flowers in, take out the dead flowers, change the water, da 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 da. And then you realize you are actually the vase, not the flowers. <laughs> the vase is stable, right? And the flowers live in the vase. And your body and your relationships and, and all of that is, are the flowers. And in some sense, you have to reorganize them where life's going to stink <laughs> with the water. So you have to kind of do something, right? You can make it beautiful. But your real home is the vase, which is awareness. So you do both. You arrange the flowers, but your real home is, is the vase. So when the flowers aren't very pretty, that's okay. <clears throat> so when you had your sickness, right, that was the flowers were really wilting. And then you had the chemotherapy, so that it was pretty painful, but the awareness bigger, bigger than sickness. <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell the people at the funeral yesterday, but I don't know if it worked. And this whole hundred people who weren't into Buddhism. Six, six fiddlers, a banjo player, and a pianist, and music, and then I tried to lay this stuff on her. <laughs> and um, give it a go. So the tiger is in awareness. <laughs> but you, the body still has fear. So fear is in awareness. Then, it, then it's alright, and fear is alright. It's just part of, part of being biologically conditioned, soci socially. So I don't think we have a puja tonight, right? Today's a, today's a quiet night, yeah. So we have a one tomorrow morning, I think, yeah. Stephen, bon, bon chance, bon voyage, happy trails. Thank you. Come again, please, when Thank you get a chance, yeah. And uh, we don't have to take care of Will because Will takes care of us, so <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I will stretch my knees. Oh, so